Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm Simon Sweetman, your host, and this is episode 80, 80. Um, This is a chat with John McCleary, who I've talked to before uh, from The Spines, and also um, Hannah Fraser from The Spines. We talked this time about... um, about the Spine's new album. It's their first album, first released album in 30 years. It's called Epidural. And it's a cool album, a great set of songs. And we did something uh, a little bit different for the podcast. Uh, we talked through the album track by track. So you'll get to hear a bit of each um, song, a little bit of the music. And hopefully you go away and check it out on Bandcamp. I'll have the, the link for you. And there are CDs available if you want to buy those instead of just stream it. Um, but yeah, it was cool to sit down and talk to them both about uh, about the songs and about the spines, particularly because uh, John, it's his band, uh, you'll know that if you've listened to the podcast that I did with him, and, and I'll include a link to that earlier episode, um, but it's been John's band for 35, 36 years. Hannah is the newest member, she's been in for the last two or three years, and, and, and is quite a crucial component to, I guess, the album and the new sound, so it was nice to, to, to gather the old and the new, as it were, and talk to to them about what they bring to the table. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, I know these guys well. I've, I've played with the Spines a couple of times. Hannah lives down the road from me. John's a good friend. So it's a pretty fun fun chat and we were certainly um, grateful to our sponsors, Yeasty Boys, for this one and, and possibly Johnny Walker Double Black could have sponsored this episode as well. Um, thanks to Tea Leaf Tea and also to Le Petit Chocolat. Um, and yeah, hopefully you enjoy listening to this. A, a really great behind the scenes um, chat about the making of a very cool album and and fun to fun to catch up with these guys and just sort of talk about the, the family that is the spines. So yeah, I hope you enjoy this and um, thanks for listening. This is me talking with Hannah Fraser and John McCleary of The Spines. We're going to talk about the new album, how it came about, and we're going to run through the tracks and people are going to be able to hear a little bit of it. And I guess the end goal is you might sell some more music out of it. You might get some more people at your gigs. You might get some more people visiting your Bandcamp page um, to, to at least try the music, if not buy the music. Um, how many years is it between albums, officially? Well, we, we did that. Well, officially, I mean, we're probably talking about... um. Uh, 1987 uh, yeah 86 done, 87 is it yeah, yeah. so it's been. since then yeah, yeah kind been, of yeah because we've done we've done all these albums since that weren't released except um we, we put on Bandcamp we put on yes, the, the Blood Monster yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Ricky that one um, but yeah so it's been a long time but that's still getting towards 10 years ago yeah that was yeah. nearly 10 years ago now yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. True. in terms of recording so how long have you lived with um the idea you needed to do another album and officially release it. Well, since since we did that one with Ricky, yeah, because you know, um, that that felt like an album to me. That felt like you know, mm. um, ten, twelve songs that was you know, all in the same mould and written for. Pretty much those ones were written for the album. Mm. The, this one is is a bit different. It's, it's stuff I've picked up that I really always wanted to record. Yeah. Um, and but also the new stuff that we've been working on, and also stuff that features Hannah's. Yeah. contribution to the band yeah so it w- I, I sort of pulled the songs together as you know in the, in, in the rehearsal studio but I, I, I sort of pulled it together in my head too as, as, a, as a complete album Mm-mm. we had a few um, disca- discarded tracks but you know I sort of had in mind the tracks I wanted to do Hannah you're sitting there quietly and smiling I want to um, <laughs> first of all say 
at, at last count, you're in somewhere between 37 and 46 bands. How did no. you? How did you? Or have I got that wrong? Is, Wikip- is Wikipedia not quite right? How did you? How did you fit the spines into your uh, life as well? I think it was Les's idea. I kept bumping into Les when I'd gone back to uni for a while, and I would just bump into him around the area. And he he said, "Do you have a keyboard, like a stage keyboard? I think you should come and jam with the spines." And then when I went to um, Torah, 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 and then caught up with everyone it wasn't long after that that um i said yeah i'm ready i'd love to come to the week re- weekly rehearsal and yeah. and have a jam which is and the beginning so you didn't have a history where you knew of this band you didn't you wouldn't have grown up with the records or anything like that well i you, did have you, a history with the band because i i had um gone and listened to the spines maybe maybe a decade ago yeah, yeah. Um, at the Newtown Fair and I'd heard um, that it was you had to hear the spines and you had to meet the spines right? and, and yeah so I went and sat in the afternoon sun at the end of the festival and heard this amazing band I was like who are these people this is just incredible so mm. the, the spines were on my radar at that point now John writes a, um, a weekly piece for my website and and readers of my site know that and some of the listeners of the podcast will know that particularly from when I talked to John before and so more than once you've talked about um Hannah coming into the band and I guess it being well there's been a few rebirths of the spines but this is quite a significant rebirth of the spines the last couple of years yeah yeah the funny thing was in terms of keyboards we've never had a keyboard player up until Mm. up until um uh Katie Burke, Katie McCarty Burke, she 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 was in for one gig and then mm. she got pregnant and left town. And then we got this guy Russell Denton. Mm. He was great. He he left for England. And at that by that stage, I I really wanted keyboards because you know right. You saw what it did. Like yeah, oh, this and, is another texture. Yeah, yeah and to take the, the, the weight off me and mm-hmm. the you know, particularly. And then to me, it was it was at Torah that that time. Torah, Torah, Torah. Um, I did that weird gig under, under the, the full moon with Ricky, you know, at the end of the night. And, um, yeah, then we, you know, you'd done your gig with your, your other band at the time. And we just got talking and that's when I, I thought, yeah, the, Hannah's the one, you know, she'd be perfect. And, yeah. Um, we had a sing together. We had a sing together. We had We'd both lost our voices. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded beautiful. Yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was a wild night. But, um, it was late. But it stuck in my head and, I, and then we met up at the cross a few weeks later and um, I said, yeah, come along, please, you know. And yep. so it's developed from there. So Epidural's been out for a couple of weeks. Uh, uh, we had a, I say we, you had a fantastic launch party. I'm saying we because I went to it and enjoyed it. Um, but um, let's talk through, and we, we'll get more of the band's story and more of the band's current story as we do this, but let's let's talk through this track by track. So the opening song on the album is On a Daily Basis. What I, what I kind of want is history of the song and context of it in terms of the making of the album, you know, how how it came together, yeah. and, and some maybe some notes on, on how fresh the song is, or how fresh the arrangement of the song is. Yeah, so. This is an older song, but it's quite a fresh arrangement of it. Mm. Um, we, I, I wrote it probably late 90s when I was living in Wigan Street, and it was, you know, I felt like it, I was in a prison. It's, it's a prison song, it's a song about being in prison. Um, and I remember doing it with Andy Craig and I think Tim Robinson probably. Was there a prison in Wigan Street? 
my studio. <laughs> Metaphorically, Hannah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I was locked in there, you know, and um, entrapped in a relate, relationship. And, anyway, um, yeah, we, I, the first time I, we did the song, it was quite a different arrangement. I, you know, totally, the riff was different even. We just had that, had that starting thing, but that was the whole riff. Mm. And um, we did it at a wedding somewhere, and it went down really well. And then we did it at this weird gig, um, and Kerry Fox was there. I remember, you know, her, like, mm. I'm a starstruck. She was there and she yeah. was dancing around and saying, This is rock and roll, man. And, like, you know, like, I thought, Oh, you need to put that in the press kit. Yeah. It's a great quote. <laughs> yeah. That was the early, the, the song's early days. And then we came to record it. was one of the later songs we recorded for this. I chose it later as the opening track, but because it's got that great opening sort of mm, line. Mm. And, so and Hannah wasn't that familiar with it when we did it. So and we did it basically. She played violin on it, mm. and keyboards and, and sort of chord changes and things. But I, I really wanted the song on the album because it, when we recorded the one with Ricky ten years ago, nine, eight, nine, ten years ago, we we tried to do the song, but it didn't really work. And I, I thought, well, let's put it on this one, you know, because I, I believe in the song. Mm, and mm. I just love the way it goes from the minor to the major in the chorus and so it just just kicks off in the choruses and I wanted Hannah singing on it too and that, that, honestly that line in my head Feed That Flame which is, isn't actually in, what's in the song but it's only just briefly mentioned mm. and I wanted it as a feature line mm. so when we came to do the BVs you know that's that was Feed That Flame yeah I'm th- I've been thinking about when I've been listening to it how I mean I don't know the negative theatre stuff, I only know it through your writing about it, but I've been thinking about how with this album there is kind of almost a full circle back to your roots, like I guess you know, yeah. Hannah's Hannah's voice musically yep. across, across instruments as well as vocally reconnects you to that idea yep. of um, you know, when, when negative theatre was a, a male-female duo, so you guys are kind of the the f- co-front people of the band in a way now you've got That's a rhythm right. section and, and you're part of the rhythm section Hannah obviously but you're also kind of part of the Kira. yeah <laughs> so you know no, but I'm yeah. just thinking you know like is, is that valid like it is and yeah and um, cause Hannah's got such a great voice but we had to work a while to get our voice to sound yeah, good yeah, together yeah. and more and more now I, I noticed that the, at the uh, launch gig like we did the album you know yeah. played that person was great and then we did the, the later songs like in the second set, mm. you know, early, earlier songs, and it was like Hannah wasn't singing it. I was so disappointed. I yeah, 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 I right. need that Hannah voice, you know. <laughs> yeah. Was, um, and, yeah, we, we did have Vanessa for a while yeah. in the band um, in, in the early 2000s. Um, different thing, though, you know. Um, she wasn't playing an instrument. Yeah, yeah. Hannah's coming through her, her violin and piano more. And but the voice has grown and grown, and now it's like it's just part of the band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, what about explore? Writing wise, yeah, yeah that, that's another um, mid nineties probably. Yeah, it's a strange song. I was, I was sort of was when I got my Telecaster, I started playing more. Um, it's quite a jazzy song in a way, but it, 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 I'm not sure where it came from. It was like a similar sort of thing, same relationship I was in, questioning what I'm doing, um, but also I, I sort of came inspired by this, if, if the world was flat, you know. I thought it was, if the world was black. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no. That is the line I always have yeah. stuck in my head. No, if the world was flat. Okay. Yeah, yes. <laughs> about sailing away. I didn't know you thought that. Maybe the black pirate flag or something. You know, that's like an old sailing ship sort of sailing off, going to fall off the edge of the world. <laughs> John's trying to get deep here. Oh, no. He haven't helped at all. The world was black. Oh, that fell a bit flat. What was I thinking when I wrote that? <laughs> no, the world was flat. You know, it's like the Flat Earth Society, and but also like Magellan and you know Columbus and, and that sort of old sailing ship as a relationship. Mm. And there's a game of chess involved with it too. You know, um, it's it's quite a complex song. And then I. This one, I'd only written two um, verses. It's because I never really recorded it. I did, I've demoed it. but And so I thought, oh, I need another verse. So I had to actually write the, the last verse um, in the studio, well, uh, you know, in the recording of this album. And I was really pleased with the way that turned out because mm. the lyrics just go in. You know, it's something mm. I'd written like 15, 16 years ago, longer. And I could still write lyrics for the third verse. And uh, talk to Russell Dench, who was in just online recently in London and he's and I said, oh, I've got some new lyrics because he loved that song you know and I said I've got some new lyrics for the you know third verse he said, yes man how did you do that you know writing us rewriting mm. parts of a song after all those years and I was pretty happy with how, mm. how it turned out mm. and another one featuring Hannah's keyboards because the jazz chords and the sort of arpeggios and the sort of way it um it really suits piano I think like Hannah shines on that song mm. um, in terms of the, the piano playing. I put a bit of slide guitar on it myself and just. It doesn't sound like the spines, put it that way. Mm. It's a very different mm. song. Well, I was saying when I, when I spoke about the album on RNZ, I was saying, um, you know, I guess this is true, uh, c- consistent of the earlier Spines records for me. You know, one of the great hooks for me is that these songs are constantly surprising. You almost. And I don't just mean performance-wise, but even the recordings, you almost yeah. don't, no matter what, how well you know them. I mean, I've listened to The Moon a lot, yeah. and I've listened to Idiot Sun a lot, and, and At Your Age, but Idiot Sun a lot lately. And you almost don't predict, even though you know the song, you almost don't quite predict where it's going to go. Particularly it, Idiot it's, yeah, it's yeah. a nice surprise every time, even though you might have listened to it several times, and I feel that... You know, that's the case with these recorded versions on Epidural too. I mean, I, Les, Les said to me, oh, you must have, you must know quite a, after you guys played the set, you must know quite a few of those songs. And I was like, well, I did, but actually, you know, I knew about half of them. I maybe knew about three quarters of them, but only about half of them were straight away recognisable to me. There were a few songs that the arrangement was, the final, you know, the arrangement you've gone with yeah. is very different to how I first heard them. But the thing is with them, like something like these last two songs, there's only really two or three parts to them. Yeah. It's not like, you know, there's, you know, I'll go off in some strange yeah, yeah, yeah. sequence. They, they stick within the same confines. Mm. But yeah, within those confines, there is some sort of um, magic, I reckon, yeah. you know, that I try and search for in the writing. Yeah. And particularly on the... The songs on this album, um, yeah, I, I think, I think I, I do quite well in that way. Just within those, I don't know, the chord structures and the sort of vocal. I think the vocals got a bit to the melody of the vocal and the lyrics. Yeah, enhance that as well. They sort of they delve the whole time. They delve. Mm, mm. So tell me about End in Tears because that you know I said to you when I wanted to play that on RNZ, you were like, that's an interesting choice because yeah. that's a really personal song for you. Like yeah. it's a. That's more recent, that's in the 2000s, um, probably about 2004, 2005, 
um, different relationship, but a relationship song, obviously. Um, uh, yeah, just about just being devastated within a within a in a time. But another thing, it's two chords until you get to that middle eight and chorus. So it's very simple. Um, it's really um, paired back. So and I, I wrote a song that I wanted just guitar solos all over, just mm. crying guitar. I was, I was really upset when I wrote the song, you know. Mm. Um, and it was one that I've always, oh, can we play that? You know, I always want to play it. I just want to play it. And it, I, I, I fear people are going to get fed up with it, but I just love it. So I, I just, it's so simple, you know, two two verses, simple chorus. What do you call that part that is almost like a drop when? All end in tears. Yeah, I guess it's the tail out of the chorus, really. It's part of the I mean, chorus. Yeah, it's yeah. such a great, it's so moving, it's such it's so a great, powerful. such Dancing. a great pause, eh? Like, you just want to dance and tear yeah. a hole in the yeah, dance yeah. floor. You just want that guitar to come in, eh? Just waiting. Hannah is a beautiful piano on that. Um, um, Russell did lovely piano as well, leading up to that. He's, he was in contact with him recently and kept mentioning Russell but he, he said oh man I did better pen on that I said I don't think you did I think because <laughs> you, know, you know the, the two characters are like negative theatre you know yeah. you've got the female voice yeah. in the chorus she, I got Hannah to sing really high like an angel mm. I remember saying to you Hannah you know sing it like an angel like in, in choir or something and I wanted that you know that sort of that beauty that sort of pristine quality you know, I think it works I think that really works that chorus so what are you trying to do Hannah uh, like what it strikes me is that you're doing is providing a melodic counterpoint to what John's doing and what his songs are so how is that you know is that fair and how do you approach it right? well I guess like everyone else I just want to listen to John so whenever I'm playing I'm just listening to John hopefully even more than everyone else because mm. I love John the most <laughs> <laughs> but also just just feeling like s- staying out of the way of what I want to listen to yeah, yeah yeah I mean it's funny you say that because I was watching all of you at the launch gig but I was watching I guess your react I could see that in, in your playing in your reaction I could see that you're on stage as like a fan of the band who's in the band I don't need to hit the chord first because I don't know what's going to happen so when it when it all arrives I'm like oh yeah and maybe just kind of like adding the little sparkle on the top of Mm. the sound depending Mm. depending how it's going to be because the beautiful thing is it is always different so it's it's always just I like, like that about waiting. your. I like that about your playing. You you don't play the same thing twice. Like my solos, I don't do the same thing twice, or the way you know we sing them. But I like that about your playing. You you, you take it on board at the time. You you just and you you're, you express yourself within that the context of the song, and you you leave your ego behind. You know, you you leave the the showmanship or the show personship behind, um, and just you know play to the song. In such a great way, you know. Get lost in every yeah. beautiful song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that was the thing coming to record it with, you know, because as I say, we, we started um, with with just drums and bass. Then I 
built up all the guitars and did the lead vocals. So Hannah was last on on board for this, you know, mm, with, with, mm. in terms of the keyboards and the violin and the, and the, the backing vocals. And it was like, yeah. So each time was a performance, you know. Hmm. Well, what about um, Vulture's sake, yeah. which I think you know is um, one of my favourite songs. Actually, I yeah. think it's one of my favourite Spine songs. I love that song too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real standout on the album. It's a real like. Um, I guess it's placement on the album and the way it sounds, what it represents. It's a real, um, a real nice kick. Yeah, you know, it comes it's in ro- at the right. It's, rock. it's, it's a rock song. Yeah, yeah, it's a guitar song. It's a rock it's, song. It's got this great. It's John's favorite too. It's got this it, great hook to it. Like yeah, it's got one of those, yeah. one of those riffs that's um, got that sort of like perfect untidiness about it you know yeah. it's 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 so perfect yeah. but and just messy enough like it's Great not brains. it's not pristine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and so the hook the riff the hook of it that really propels it you know yeah it's got it's got that um lovely thing hannah's probably um disappointed that the violin isn't up in the mixing up and, and the keyboards because john you know it's his favorite his favorite song and the whole thing and he 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 wanted it to be a, a guitar song, mm. Mm. which it always was. But we're doing it with violin featured live these days, which has changed it. You know, and I really love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it's another one, um, probably from the late nineties. Um, yeah, very late nineties. I've, I've written about it in the Ghost Book. Mm. Mm. Um, drowning. I was going to say you've written about a few of these songs, yeah, which yeah. is cool too, because that's how I have, um, you know, gone back and reread some of the essentially notes that you've done yeah. on these songs. This, as I've been listening this to the one album. was like I came up with that riff and I just went oh and over all night, all night. I didn't have any notes, just had this riff, and then um, I went to the beach that year. It was Millennium, the year of the Millennium, and I nearly drowned. And then I had the I had the chords for the chorus, but I mean the the, the, the verse, but you know it came to me. So it's a song about drowning, pretty mm. much. And I saw these, you know, on the hill at Ocean Beach. You know, you know Ocean Beach. Mm. Um, on the hill of these, um, they weren't vultures, obviously. They were, um, I don't know, shags. But they were looking at me as I was drowning. It was like these are going to eat me when I die. You know, it was <laughs> this whole sort of um, yeah. It's quite an existential song in a yes. way. Yes. Yeah. 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 But um. It's it's pure, you know. It's very pure. Yeah. And um, yeah, just it's a guitar fest. At the end there, you know, it's just you know, it's like the vultures going car car car. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And crying out and um, help me, help me. You know? <laughs> yeah. What about on a need to know basis? Yeah, that's um, another one from the what's two thousands, um, maybe uh, late two thousands, two thousand eight, something like that. Um, I was with. Um, she who won't be named um, my girlfriend at the time and it was like early morning and (laughs) (laughs) early morning and just you know being in a new relationship waking up and where am I you know you wake up it's freezing in the middle of winter and you can hear the world starting to appear you know in reality but you're still in your dream world and you're cuddling someone but you don't know who it is almost but you know that there's love there it's just it's really hard to pin down the feeling of it mm. that's what I was trying to do just to pin down the you know on a need to know basis this thing do you want to wake up do you want to stay in this warm world this beautiful 
and I think we did well with the recording of that too. Um, Hannah's, you know, violin features heavily in that. Mm. We start with the violin. Um, I thought we did a good job on the production of that. And there's no guitar solos or anything like that, but that's where Hannah's voice starts kicking on the album. Um, we do this wonderful uh, backwards and forwards between the pair of us. Um, really lovely. Eh? Hannah, Hannah just nails it. Um, and the boys, the rhythm set just stays staunch, very simple. But you know, nice chord changes and everything, but it's very simple too, you know. And you know, there's nothing overstated in it. Mm. Very, very simple. Mm. Mm. And I really like that about it. You know, it's not clever. But the, the lyrics too, some, some of my favourite lyrics, some of people's favourite lyrics of mine. Because it's just so pure. Mm. Mm. You know? Rachel was a song that I didn't know. I you wrote about it recently yeah and that was when we posted that on the site like I you know I've said this before it's great like I I get to sort of read these things first mm. like you you write a weekly thing for me and it, it arrives in the inbox and I obviously read it as and it's a little bit it's a little bit like um, how Hannah you've described being part of the band, I, I read these things as a fan. I'm I'm editing them very slightly. I'm putting them together, and I'm trying to do it without getting in the way of what John's done because I'm a fan of the way he writes them, and I just want them to exist in the way he's he's done them. But I I guess I do have final say on them, and I am shaping them in some way. But I get to read them before anyone else, and I consider that quite a great privilege because I like putting them out into the world. I like seeing them out there, but I then read them again. And, um, but it's always, I look forward to any time on Sunday or Monday when they turn up that I kind of get to read this before anyone else pretty much. And yeah, so you wrote about Rachel and I was like, oh God, I'm looking forward to hearing this song because I don't know it. And I, I had never heard it. Yeah, I wrote this, you know, another one in the mid 90s when we got the Telecaster and got into the blues. And it was like, yeah, I got this chorus. And I was like, yes. And um, mm. had the first verse, you know, straight away. Then the chorus got, but I, I couldn't get a third verse, and you know, I wasn't until recently I, I finished the song pretty much when we recorded it. Mm. Another one, Hannah's huge contribution to it in terms of the BVs and the piano and the sort of feel of it. But yeah, and, I, and yeah, it was, Andy was in the band at the time when I wrote it. We used to play it, but I was always making the lights up as I went along. He, he was, um, you know, he does these international acts. Mm. Joe Cocker was coming out and he said, John, we've got to get the song to Joe Cocker. So yeah. I, I made it a rough cassette of it. <laughs> we got it to Joe and I thought, man, Joe Cocker, could I nail that song? Yeah, yeah. Probably, I don't know, it would have been, you know, it's that sort of bluesy, sort of rootsy, um, you know, there's obviously way more chords than yeah. three in it. But yeah. It's got that Leon Russell thing about it. Yeah, it does. why Hannah's piano was like so good on it. And the BVs too, we've got this sort of lovely um, interplay. And to play with it, and it's always such fun to do. It's very difficult for me to play. I always reluctant to play it live because it's really hard for me to play. Yeah, the, the pace. Oh, it's, just it's just have those little licks. Stuff. Yeah, it's gospel-y. It is. It reminds me of. Um, it has that thing about it where it's um, it's like a, and, and I know you won't take this the wrong way, but it's like a, it's like a blues by someone who's not a blues player in the way that like say Lou Reed things like his song Beginning of a Great Adventure yeah. of New York it's 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 got this kind of white person blues feel where it's it's taking the blues somewhere else it's not trying yeah. to be traditional blues at all but it does have a bluesy feel to it it does yeah, yeah. No, totally totally and you know, always seventh chords you know yeah yeah and um, 
Yeah, it goes. It, I think we think we did a masterful job in the recording of it. Um, John was instrumental in that as, as well, in terms of the, the arrangement almost. Yep. But we had been playing it live a lot, and Hannah was Hannah liked playing it, liked singing it, and I think you know you could probably say something about this one too, Hannah. You know, you just enjoy it, don't you? My sister's actually married to a woman called Rachel. So I feel very connected yeah. to the song. <laughs> I just want to catawall it for her live. Yeah, well, it's one of those woman's name songs I always do. And, you know, yeah. I, I never sing to you know, a particular woman when I, I make up a song about you know Rachel or Vivian or Jillian or whoever, but there is a woman you know, yeah, yeah, called yeah. that. And it's so good. It's so skulky and just like the the bass and the like the the direction of the bass line and yeah, the drums. Yeah, it's, it's just, very, it's very it's dirty, but it's, it's very dirty. after midnight, Fresh. isn't it? Like very, yeah. you know, it's yeah. very two a.m. <laughs> she yeah. came on the flutter and a wave of hope was last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Saint June is another favourite of mine. Oh, really? uh, oh, yeah, I really it. like that song. Yeah. That's that's probably the most recent of the whole lot. Right. I mean, that's um, I don't know, four or five years old. Um, <laughs> you know. Shows you, um, yeah, even more recent, yeah, yeah, four, four, four years old, I suppose. And um, yeah, that was um, I was living in the flowers, and I was, I was there with my telecaster just in my room, and I just came up with this great feel, and it's really simple, you know, it's just basically you know, three chords, and then um, a funny little refrain, then I put in the middle eight, you know, which is, which is supposed to go to these heights. Very similar, but it's one the boys have always loved doing. Mm. And so I wrote, I talked to the band, you know, mm. just, well, three pieces in these at this time when I, when I talked to them. There's a Melky, the rhythm section, and they just loved it and and they always want to play it. And so, and it was another one, God, I've only got, you know, three lyrics or something, I've got to write. So I had to write the lyrics, you know. So it is a new song in a lot of ways. I had to. And it's another one of those ones I used to make up the words as I go along, like "If I Were You," something like that. And you can hear it in in my my vocal delivery on mm. on, on it. And uh, it's it's pretty basic, but I, I you know I thought it was worth worth putting in there just because everybody loves it in the mm. band, you know, mm. everyone, everyone really likes it. And I thought we could do something with it. And I, my favourite thing about the whole recording is throughout the whole thing. I play this. I play the Gretsch, and I just do this almost dire straight sort of thing. With yeah, it. it's probably my favourite bit of guitar. Well, it's really funny. We were talk, we, we were talking before we started recording, and I've said this to you before. How I have this thing where I kind of pair the spines with the Grateful Dead. I don't think you guys sound at all alike. I yeah. I know, and, and you know, I know you've taken no real influence from them at all which is not to say they're not good but just yeah. they're not they're not in your worldview musically in terms of what you're trying to do mm-hmm. but actually if i was i've just now that we've brought it up if i was to think of a spine song that is maybe close to something the grateful dead might perform it probably is saint jim it's yeah. probably the you know like it's you could imagine them trotting out a song like that on yeah on stage in terms of how they would do their range of covers and originals you could imagine them you know grabbing a song like that or making a song like that and that that being part of their set there's something in it to me about the way it's it's a sort of a song that hits the ground running yeah it just launches straight into it and what i like about it is it's 
you start singing and I almost feel like we've missed a verse. I almost feel like there's a secret verse that yeah. we it's a didn't... very mysterious story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I like yeah. that you as you're listening to it, you're going, What's hap- what have I missed here? What's happening here? What's the little intro? The, the thing is, there's no chorus. I, no. I, the, the refrain is, you know, they send somebody to make fun of her. What is yeah. that? What are, why are they making fun of her? Who's yeah. the person that's yeah. sent? And you don't really find out. Which is that thing, as I say, that you have as a, as a lyricist and songwriter, that mercurial kind of, you know... Um, you like that word, don't you, Hannah? <laughs> I don't, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there wasn't a chorus. But yeah, that is a, that is a like a a questioning line that yeah. other people have asked me. Please ask John, what does that mean? Yeah, mm. well, it's 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 that humiliation thing, and it's like, why is she being humiliated? What's she, it's? I had to re- write the song over the course of making the album too, you know, yeah. the lyrics, um, and I figured what it was about, but I, I don't really want to say. I want to keep that mystery about it. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a very personal thing, but I, I do know what it's about. Yeah. And it, it, it's something to do with my kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's 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 not a sexy song. Yeah. But it sounds sexy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, no, no, totally. And as I say, like, even you just, even you talking through that, I just, I'm starting to kind of go, I can kind of imagine Jerry Garcia performing this song I can kind of hear it like I can okay. kind of and and I was never you know trying to equate you so closely with the Grateful Dead as I say it's, to me it's more about the Spines and the Dead being bands that that both do what they want that have these loyal fans that turn up to show after show that yeah. that appreciate the longevity of the vehicle that um, that come to it for you know their own peculiar reasons and find something um, transcendent about the experience. It's more that the rewards you know, and the music for those that really yeah tried. yeah rather than any kind of pairing up. But mm. just as we've got to it, I'm like yeah. Well, if there ever yeah. was a song of yours that maybe could have made it onto a Grateful Dead stage, yeah. it's that yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to hear. But yeah, the Grateful Spines. You know, anyone listening to this, check out the guitar. Also, I'm really proud of it. I don't know what happened with it. I just got these bending notes mm. through the whole thing and I'm really happy with it with the mm. lead guitar in it mm. just um, not like my playing at all in a way it's, mm. uh, it's quite lyrical A Little Shut Eye right. is another one that you've written about and that's how I first probably heard it yeah. uh, like heard about it yeah. and um, Julie Lamb did a cover of it that's right Yeah, I played on that and I, you played on that ok so pre pre-joining the spines or were you yeah, yeah you would have, it would have been wouldn't it it was yeah I was going to say so that's where I first heard it like yeah was her version of it and um <laughs> that's another one that in the context of the new album it's a cool arrangement like it's a bit different yeah it's a bit yeah. different so John was um, something to do with that John um we just <laughs> <laughs> ah, gorgeous, isn't he? Ju- Julie didn't say at that point. John Mathery is just the most phenomenal songwriter I've ever met. She's been a good um, ambassador for you and yeah, your songs, yeah. and obviously, you know, like we, you've we, done some gigs together. And that's right. She's yeah. been a good flag flyer. Yeah, we play. You. you know, we yeah. play at her studio every week. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like Julie's fantastic. She's recorded three of my songs now. Hmm. What, what are the other ones? ones? Yeah. Um, your body stays. Oh, of course, I did know that. Yeah. And uh, you will walk. She's done a reggae version right, of you will walk, right. yeah, which yeah, I really yeah. like. Actually, that's, yeah. that's one. It I does suit the reggae. It, it's yeah. A sort of reggae song. I didn't know that people were allowed to cover um, my 
potty stays? No, not right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, Chrissy Edmonds allowed to come. So you play, hang on, so let's talk about you playing on, on Julie's version of a little shut eye. Well, and and you playing on the now definitive version of the spines. I didn't know who she was yeah. talking about. I was like, God, this John McCleary sounds great, but I didn't know that I actually knew John mm. <clears throat> at that point, mm. and um, maybe didn't. We know met at that. Ricky's um, era Dangersfields. You reckon? Yeah, I, I think it him. was two thousand and nine or something like that. Yeah, would have been. He just yeah. left the spines, but I'd known Les before that too. Yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 So it would have been around that time. You recorded it with her? Um, maybe, that? maybe like later, like 2013 or yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think yeah. I'd met you by then, or about yeah. to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, it was about that time. Well, actually, John, I think we met at um, the day. Yeah, we did. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't remember. In Auckland. <laughs> we, met at, we met in Auckland. We did. We did. So... A little shut eye is a yeah. September 11 song. Yeah, um, basically. Basically, it's a response. It's, it's a, a response, reaction. Yeah, to my partner, she was she was flying into um, Hawaii at the time, but going to a big overseas trip to um, the states. And um, when September 11 actually happened, you know the, the the World Trade Center thing, and yeah, that's pretty much when our relationship broke down. It was, right. All this shit went down with me and her at that point, and so yeah, the the song is a, a reaction to it, and that's why you know it's like a. I wanted to make the recording for this album really. Um, I wanted to get to sound a bit like Hilda Skelter, which it doesn't. Mm. I wanted that sort of maniac mm. quality to it, that sort of um, apocalyptic sort of thing. We did this. It, it has that in the in the in, in the lyric. Doesn't it? Like yeah. it has that depth that um, yeah, yeah. in the lyric, but you're right, it doesn't quite have that in the in the no. musical arrangement in the end. But. Yeah, I was going, I was, I was striving for that, but you know, through the band and through John and through everything, it just turned out as it did. But I'm pretty happy with it. Mm. Um, yeah, it's another guitar song, but we wound up like um, featuring quite a lot of Hannah on that as well. I was going to say your vocals. vocals are very prominent on that. Yeah. One. Yeah, it was one that we sort of thought a lot about in between takes. Yeah, it was. We we, we, we worked on that one. That was one of the songs that wasn't really working early right. on. Because it's one of those great examples of backing vocalist becomes co-lead vocalist, you know? Yeah. It's like you're, you're, you're operating as a backing vocalist. You're only singing some of the song. You're only, you know, doing... Riff. I love that song. I still think yeah. I do it better live. Yeah. I thought you did a great job in, in, on the, at the launch. I agree, it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We were yeah. still sort of drafting ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. launch party the version process. of that was really strong. Like, yeah, I thought so too. That's well, it'll probably get better. Yeah, you know, it's one of the things um, with that song in terms of the recording. We just That's, that was one of the it was weak, the one of the weakest songs on the album, which I didn't want it to be. I wanted it to be one of the stronger. But this is one of the interesting things about your songs again. Is this, I guess partly in the way I've described them as having that unpredictable element they, they, they strike me as ever evolving yeah no, you know? yeah you know yeah which, which you guys know from playing so many of them across different versions mm. that and you know um, you know when I've when I've joined you guys for a rehearsal a couple of times yeah the songs take on different flavors 
depending on who's playing on them yeah. and um yeah and 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 the various versions of the band um and then of course even when they're recorded you guys take them off live and go and do different versions of them each time which yeah, i think, well, it's, I think you, it's so cool like, once you really... record them they, they they take on a new life too you know yeah um yeah i think that's that was quite apparent with this one particularly in, in that gig um it's like it's like pinning down a butterfly yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 I wrote the song pretty much cast in stone, you know, pretty much, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, whatever, and that riff and the licks. Um, but by the same token, everybody's flavour is added, you know, like, and particularly Hannah's on this this version of it. Um, the uh oh, uh oh sort of thing, you know. That was, that's new, that's totally new to it, because, you know, you, you, you're mimicking the, the riff, you know. And um, I think it really works. Um, the snoring was was always always going to be part of the song for me because mm. it's like you're asleep and suddenly you know the world trade center has been hit by planes or whether it has or not I don't know but um, that's happened this huge event in the world but also your life has changed you know your life has been shut down your life's been totally altered forever forever you know um, I'm gonna just jump in into this little segue story because Katie will hate this. Um, when when the September 11 happened and she was staying at my house, my flat in Island Bay at the time, we had gone out and done whatever the night before and in those carefree days of being sort of students and waking up at your own leisure, it was about lunchtime and I got a text from someone saying, oh my God, they bombed the World Trade Center and they bombed the Pentagon and rah, 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 yeah. and all this sort of stuff. And I was kind of like, I actually, you know, because the, the world was very different then. We weren't as immediately connected to things. So I looked at these texts and just thought, this friend of mine was having some weird joke, like it was some in-joke I wasn't in on. Yeah. So Katie gets up and goes, oh, I'm going to go to the dairy. And she comes back with a newspaper and a bag of jet planes and says oh and <laughs> she hates me telling this story that's why I'm, te- that's why I'm telling you guys Sorry, just, since, just since we're 9-11 themed here and she's like comes in munching the jet planes reading the front page and goes oh, oh this is probably in pretty poor taste <laughs> and I've just always thought that was really funny like because yeah. <laughs> she's mortified by the idea that she made that connection and I just think that's quite funny <laughs> even like even weirder that like in New Zealand at the time we would have called it 11-9 yeah yeah, yeah that's right I spent was, the day trawling flats too maybe because of that maybe because of that thing back that when happened. people had TV at their houses so we're, oh right, we're watching yeah, yeah, yeah. The news on television. Oh well, exactly. We straight away put the telly on, TV like, well, and yeah. um, yeah. and recognised that TV had been going, you know, coverage of it had been going right through the night, like yeah. from the earliest, you know, from when it was in New Zealand, like right through the night. It was a weird thing. I, I was in, in this place in Wigan Street, you know, amazing place. But um, Peter Tate, my good friend, was mm. staying there. Michelle was away, obviously overseas, going heading into Hawaii and. Mm. Um, Peter woke me up. Hey, John, come. You know, you got to get up and watch this. And I, I was like, oh, what? What? You know. And suddenly you're into the, you know, wake up into this world that's changed. Oh yeah, it just didn't make sense, right? Mm. Like you were trying to for for hours after yeah. you became aware of it, following the coverage, yeah. you were trying to make sense of it, and obviously yeah. for days and weeks. Because there was a little bit between for, the two planes too. And yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, before the second plane, so I mm. actually watched that 
I don't know if it was live or not, but it was pretty much live. So I watched that second plane. Watched the people jumping out of the buildings, you know? I can't remember what it's called right now, but um, Neil LeBute, who's one of my favourite writers, filmmaker and a playwright, made this amazing film, uh, sorry, amazing play about September 11. And uh, the context for it is um, a guy and his, I think, the woman is his boss they're co-worker they work you know they work together I'm pretty sure she's his superior but they were having an, they're having an extramarital affair and they've snuck away and they see this happen and they're sitting in the like on the TV and then like the whole play is them like going what do we do and like like he's going do I just pretend I've died like and my wife and kids don't know mm-hmm. and this is how I start my new life yeah it was. It's an amazing. Like they did it. So rings they, a bell. I read. I read the script, but they did a. Um, yeah. They did an amazing uh, production of it at Circa, and uh, and I've seen a bunch of Neil Lebute plays, and I've read a bunch of them, and I love his films and his short stories, and 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 you know I think he's amazing, but that one was yeah it was very powerful. Mm. Um, that just so many kind of interesting ideas and themes coming through yeah. with that this is like the ultimate deadline you know like this this thing that we could have never predicted or understood no. No. becoming a catalyst for the world you know and, 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 a ju- and a justification for things that were happening beforehand like a, a real sneaky way to yeah, yeah really cool yeah. and so that I think they put that on here like pretty pretty shortly like you know Within a, a year or two of like it was written pretty quickly after, and then it, it, that happened a couple of years after the the, lo- the local production of it. But that's an amazing, yeah, amazing piece. Mm. So yeah. a little shut eye is um, inspired by that totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, the, the the chorus. I, I, I'm really proud of that chorus. It's the w- the words are like a, a poem. They don't really read properly as a song. Mm. It's like Hannah had a bit of trouble getting all the lyrics right when she sang BBs on because. They they scan weirdly, but there's a real um, promises you left were all that I could keep ringing in my head. Give me something I can break. break. Some might suggest I'm not fully awake, but I've been drinking all day. Like that line. That's the line. I was going to say there's a real there's a real jubilation to your, um, particularly your Hannah, your vocals, the way they come in at the end of the line. There's a real kind of you know Mm. celebratory kind of feel about this thing that is actually commiseratory you know yeah, like yeah. In, in concept well, you have to ask Hannah about that <laughs> I'm all miserable when I'm seeing it yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> no there's just something quite there's something quite triumphant about and energetic about about it when yeah. it's I when it's, it's key in you know it's a it's, singing to you though, it's a really too. upbeat song it's, yeah. an, upbeat it's an upbeat song it's, it's a bummer it's a but rocker, it's an upbeat you know, rock I only had that one line for so long was I've been drinking all day <laughs> and then it uh, at one of our gigs at a green party fundraiser. Yeah, I remember. I sort of like managed to, I think John was tuning his other guitar and I managed to just say, I've got this one line in this song, if you all would love to join in, <laughs> it's, I'll let you know when it's coming up, I've been drinking all day. <laughs> I think I said to her at the time, actually I want you to sing on the whole chorus then, eh? mm. it's very hard to learn because mm. it's, it's a very, it's an awkward, yeah. awkward song. In that way to learn to sing, but um, it makes damn good sense when you when you get it. When you know the words. When you know the words, 
And I wasn't even, well, that's when I started drinking. So that was part of it too. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's what I began Yeah, I think, I think that's in the story, isn't it? it I is, think, yeah, 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 yeah. A long time ago now, isn't it? This yeah. About 21 or something like, you know. Yeah. Now we're at 176. So <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, it's a yeah. couple of years back. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> in the context of the ghost stories, yeah. Mm. Um, sex can be sad. That's not me. Um, that's not me telling you something. That's you, that's actually you telling me something. That's your song, your band. You guys, you guys put that song out in the world. I need to clarify. That's not just me doing this frank admission. It's not a sexy song. Well, it's I said to her, I gave, I gave her notes when when she was doing this the vocals. I said. Okay, here's, here's the thing to approach with. You don't approach it too sexy, you don't approach it too, you know, maudlin. But and yet it has some kind of saunter to it, and it also has yeah. that... Those sexy chords, those yeah. chords are really sexy. Well, I was going to say, it's another one of those things that's a, it's a little bit like that Lou Reed doing the beginning of A Great Adventure. Yeah. You know, where it's like a blues song, but it's not a blues. Yeah, yeah. It's that, it's like got Rachel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like Rachel, it's got that mm. thing where it's got... A jazziness and a bluesiness yeah. to it, without being a jazz staple or a blues song. Yeah, but it does right. in the cording, in the chords, in the in the voicings, it does have that. Yeah, um, that song, you know, it's about a relationship, obviously, um, but it's also it's celebratory. It's celebratory because you know you sort of you go into the sort of chorus and you know it's sort of release and there's a sort of orgasmic thing to the middle eight, mm, mm, you know, um, mm. and the guitar side, that's where I wanted the orgasm to be, you know, because sex, you know, sex involves an orgasm, well, you know, hopefully. generally, <laughs> um, generally well, hopefully. slash hopefully, hopefully yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I wanted that to happen within, outside the lyrics to of the song, <laughs> to the way you feel, yeah, it's, it's, yeah it, it, it is about sex, but it's about sort of, uh, wannabe sex. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. About, it's about yeah. being outside of the zone where. You, you, I remember, you know, just at the time when I wrote, which was probably in that same period, probably about a year before I wrote Little Shadow, so uh, late nineties. Um, mm. um, yeah, not actually having a very good relationship in terms of sex, and, and you know, saying, "Well, I should just go downtown," and you know, because I was, I could probably have sex downtown, you know, like, like, but. It's a very strange song. That was, oh man, this is the one. Um, you know, I, 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 I'll, I'll tell you this later. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a controversial song We're because women seem to hate tell, it. All my girlfriends hated it. All the no, you've told me that. You can tell me that now. Yeah, Come yeah. On. I'll tell you that. Um, all the girlfriends I've had really didn't like the song because yeah. it's like it's because they fault. all went yeah exactly yeah, they all went I'm I'm it's the you fault. I'm the you in this but yeah, it's about yeah. you it's, about, it's about you it's about me and it's about how sex can be really empty yeah sex can be really you know without soul without passion yeah yeah um, and which it shouldn't be but and so the. The juxtaposition of the idea and the execution is that yeah. um, Hannah, particularly, you you channel, you kind of channeled your inner black woman, and provide a huge soul to the lyrics. I think, uh, like to your vocals, yeah. on the song that's about how it can be empty and soulless. You you really wail. 
we worked a lot on this yeah. vocal because it, originally we were doing this song, I would go sex and she would answer it. Yeah, like, yeah. Right. Call and response yeah. stuff. But yeah, I yeah. said, no, no, you've got to do it together. We've got to do this together. Yeah, yeah. Um, sex. Yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. responsy. Yeah, but mm. now it's like we're right on the same page with it. Mm. So we're singing the same song. And sex can be lonely, can be, um, you know, without passion. Mm. It, it can be and and it's about that it's about that sort of um the love sex equation you know that sort of thing um you know a lover a loving sort of protagonist me wandering wandering around in the streets of loretta you know which mm. is like you know streets of laredo it's got all those connotations mm. Mm. i really like the lyrics I, I think they have the lyrics really work oh yeah um but it's one of those, it's very awkward for people it's it's one of those songs that people either love or hate which I wanted on the album. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably the one song on the album that people will either love or hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, totally. I can see people going, this is a bit... Um... Close to the bone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well I was going to say, like, like, that people could, could kind of go, oh, this is a bit cliche or contrived, but what they actually mean is... Pardon the pun, but they mean close to the bone, a bit real. Yeah. I think it's yeah, an all-ages yeah. song, because kids, you know, when they hear this song, they'll be like it's catchy and then they won't know what sex is but when they hear the song they'll know that sex is okay and it's a thing and yeah. all of those things mm. aren't bad I mm. thought of that but yeah that's true I wasn't you know I didn't write for kids <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not about procreation it's yeah, more about yeah, yeah, recreation yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. exactly yeah, um, which is an important <laughs> message of course <laughs> you, know, you know condoms and all I don't mention condoms hey. This no, I wrote a song about condoms. This could be a really good way for the spines to get some good revenue is to get this into sex education classes. Well, yeah. Does it have to change the chorus to no hubba hubba if you ain't got your rubber? <laughs> I would never write that lyric, so no. Yeah, well, Dave Collins wrote that, so yeah, we yeah, can't yeah, have that. No, we can't have that. The, su- the, uh, the Super Sane. Ah, ah, this yeah, is an interesting song. It is, and this is. Um, How far back does this go? Uh, this goes back to the, the mid 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 nineties. Um, me, Neil, and Andy Craig. Mm, mm. Um, and I was writing these. Uh, this no, no, this song is out of. It's come out of the ballpark. It's, like, it's, it's a rolling three, four, six, eight sort of thing. And it's about insanity. It's about. Uh, I was going a bit mad at the time. Uh, living in Holloway Road, I guess. Um, it's called the Hemiola, the three, four, six, eight thing. Is it? Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, I'm not too sure about that, but um, we originally recorded on this album we called the um, Snake Like Life, a snake like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so heavy, it's it's almost unlistenable. Um, all this feedback and this grunginess. I sort of feel a... It's very grungy, period. Three, four, six, eight rolling rhythm when I walk down Holloway Road. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not I'm not actually just trying to piggyback that, like, when I think about it. Yeah. What's like, the rhythm that you feel when you walk up it, though? Because it is flat, but it feels like you're walking uphill. Mm. It's it's such a beautiful, And there's dark, a stream running underneath you, this oh, sort of big snake, the big tanaka uh, underneath you, you know, this underground. Yeah. It's an amazing so, stream. The Waimapi stream. I used to walk, um, you know, when Oscar was very little, when he was, you know, just born, and the few months after that, when I was still working, I would 
my weekend walk would be putting him in the push chair and walking up, putting him in the pram and walking up there and walking up the road and then down Holloway Road. Mm. Just, just as something to do. And I've always, because I've, I've long had a fascination with that street life. Yeah, mm. yeah. I lived there for about seven years when Angus yeah. was a young boy. Um, yeah. And um, Isaac would come and visit us. And actually, there's, there's a, a documentary called The, the Gullyites by. Um, Oh, Martin Sanderson. Oh, okay. Um, check it out. But my yeah, kids are in that, that documentary, yeah, right. and they're running down the road with Pat wow. the cat, our cat, you know. And it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was quite um, instrumental for me in terms of mm. getting into that sort of guitar thing too. That's where I got the Telecaster, and I got into this yeah, grungy yeah. sound. And um, yeah, and I was going a bit crazy at the time, as you do. It's a creative place. It was very creative for me. Yeah, it was. It's like how many books and movies and songs would. Yeah, yeah. To we, we produced the brain from there. That, that, yeah, that, yeah, that magazine. magazine yeah, um, yeah, that no, was a very creative place. But the song itself, I mean, I don't know. It's just about. I was thinking back to this auntie of mine, well, this um, friend of the family, really. She went insane, went into Tokenui. I've written about this. Yeah, song. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, oh man, it's just scary. As a kid, nightmares, you know, and um, real craziness. Not just for somebody, but you know, he talks to me this real craziness, violent craziness, and this sort of, um, where the brain is like, it's outside our reality, and, and this violence comes through it. It's, yeah, so the song's about that sort of craziness, that craziness that you can't even begin to imagine you it being, and yet, sometimes you think, you, you fear that you will become that. Mm. You know, that line that you may cross. Mm. Um, not drugs, not into the drugs, um, just, to do with like losing your real sanity. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, John. I always imagined that the super sane was about kind of white collar super supremist sanity, which is like a something that we should all be afraid of. Yeah, well, yeah, I can see that too. No, no, that super sane thing is is okay. The difference between the sane and the insane. Okay, that's that's us and the guy I'm just talking about. And the super sane is is not that white collar guy. It's more the smug. genius guy, the, the genius sort of who creates to the Bob Dylan level. You know, we're talking about mm. that sort of insanity. Mm. Um, you know, on that roll, that methamphetamine, whatever he was on to, to do blood on the tracks or um, blonde on blonde. I mean, you know, that sort of insanity. Yeah, his mid sixties, yeah. like um, yeah, moving that, past folk. That's right. That period going electric. Of his, that's the thing yeah. I'm talking about with this. The, yeah. On the super. His amphetamine high. And then the big brains. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Just like the sort of yeah. white collar guy, you know, and the the big brains. Mm. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's intangible, mm. but it's, uh, that you know. And then Hannah, um, we wound up just putting her wonderful um, glockenspiel. That's right. That's yeah. That was cool. Because that's insane as well. Yeah, what, I love who that. Who would use glockenspiel in a rock and roll? I love that um, at the launch party when you could you and you know you prefaced it you announced it and i was like man that's actually a really cool use of it like yeah, it was cool it was really cool yeah and that, that was your idea bernie grishow on the sound that night well he's, he's was, almost uh uniformly excellent he's probably he's one of guru. well guys. he's just got that thing too now where he knows that room so yeah, well and does. it's kind of like, that's what's so important right about sound is having a person having mm. a a house tech basically a person yeah. who knows a room and he knows um and i think like 
I, I always feel like I think I wrote something about a live hip hop show that he mixed and I you know I talked about how live hip hop is pretty problematic and you know it really can be quite a disaster and mm. so I always felt like um, you know that he was upset by that and that and that, that was quite a, a slam against him but it, it, it felt valid for the gig that I went to but since then it's like I've been to so many shows and and that he's done and I know him quite well and I know that venue well and he really is amazing now he is. like he you know if he wasn't then and mm. maybe he was but if he wasn't then he certainly is now like, I've got a live recording of our gig there and it's fantastic oh, yeah I really want to hear that, that. yeah yeah, yeah. You know, because it was a great thing. show yeah, like, yeah, it was a really great show his considerations his of what we needed weren't even discussed some of them I mean, yeah, no 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 he is a very the first you know, time I brought two amps and a whole different setup. Hannah had two keyboards a violin yeah, and a glockens yeah, yeah. and vocals you know we had all yeah. these requirements for our, our sound he did an amazing job. And no, he has a very good... And we um, could hear everything on stage. He has a very you know, good understanding unusual. of what Without even need. asking. Without I, even asking. I think the um, consideration for me in that song was I really thought that the chorus felt very Beach Boys. And mm-hmm. I was trying to be all mm. the background Beach Boys and be a little bit Brian Wilson. And I'm sure that that's sort of... Yeah, it comes through. Just after knowing more about Brian yeah. Wilson and, Pet s- and Smile. And it's got that, yeah, Smile, definitely. And but the song and being the, the vocals the on that as well. Sign. You know, we worked out the chorus for that as well. And Hannah does a great job on, the, in mm. the, on that. We, um, a bit like Shut Eye, you know, we, we worked on that chorus together. Actually, that, that Beach Boys evocation reference yeah. is quite profound, yeah. Yeah, that's very, that's very, that's something I hadn't thought about. It's got the family aspect as well. Yeah, yeah, As you say, that sort of experimental and trying to go, you know, classical. Hannah's got these classical chops that never had in the band before. Yeah. Other than Wendy, but Wendy was the bass player, you know. Yeah, yeah. Hannah was actually the, She was like the Carol Kay of the... She was the Carol Kay. (laughs) 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 Very good. That's true. Jennifer. Oh, Jennifer. (laughs) Oh, man. Jennifer, you know, it's it's probably at the time Ricky was in the band. Yeah. I was going out with a woman called Jennifer, oh. but it wasn't written about her. But it was, you know, so this is about, you know, 2000. I wrote the song, maybe two, uh, 2009. Sorry, 2010 or 2009. Yeah, and it's just, I just wanted to write a, a fuck off, you know, three chord song. Mm. You know, I write all these chords and I put all this shit. I just wanted to write. You know, when mm. I say this word, I fuck off three chords on. Mm. And that's what I did. And I think I think it rocks. I, I, it's T-Rex to me. It's T-Rex. It's Chuck Berry. It's just like pretty much rootsy, down to earth. But, with, you know, with this my weird idiosyncrasies. Idiosyncrasies? Sync, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just <sighs> boots and all. It's yeah. just, and one of those things, and the recording of it was great because... It was one of those ones where at the end of every session we're all a bit drunk and you know in terms of the rhythm section in terms of me putting down the guitars in terms of everything Hannah as well with her overdubs it was always the one left till last and was just like, so pissed you know so out of it. it was so you know just mm. put everything into it and that's how the song is and it's what I wanted you know mm. because you need that with a three chord song lyrics I had to make a lot of those up um, 
you know, for the recording, it always because it was always a, a live song. I would make up the words as I went along. I think the piano glissando was the funniest yeah. moment of that because John was like, "We just need a really great gliss, just down to the C." And John was like, "No, it's to down the to the F." Down to the F. <laughs> and, and, and song and F. And John was going, "It doesn't matter when you do it. We can just pop it in anywhere if you do a really good one." And I looked down on the piano and. It was like my nail polish just wiped all down the piano keys that had just been tuned. Yeah. And then John was like, no, it's down to the F. The song's an F. And John was like, no, no, do it in C. It doesn't matter. Just do it whenever. The other job. Then- <laughs> yeah. No, I've got to go to the F. It's the song in F, which is like not a great guitar thing. But the weird thing is when I discovered how to play lead guitar, I discovered F is a great key to do solos in. Yeah. Just that weird thing, just that one above E. Yeah. And it's like right up the... The top of the neck, you know, you go to that place and it's like, wow, you can really get the thing soaring. And mm. I'm pretty happy with that because um, and it's where I, where I watch you and I think of your like, um, Neil Young. You know, yeah, I love Neil obsession. Young. I guess is the word, wow. like you know, because mm-hmm. who, 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 you know, if anyone's a fan of Neil Young, they generally become some sort of obsessive. Yeah, but, well, I'm more obsessed with Dylan and Todd Runger, but I love Neil Young. Yeah, 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 but. You see that in your playing, like yeah, when you oh, get to things like that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I mean. No, totally, totally, yeah, 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 and sort of the unschooled sort of, you know, no, yeah, unbridled. No, I know um, three licks, you know, but just unbridled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, but you know, I let my fingers do the talking. And Which, just, hey, man, that's another Grateful Dead thing. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, no. Let, let's go with the Neil Young thing because that's yeah, more. yeah. It's it's got that sort of early Neil <laughs> yeah. Young thing. Yeah, you know, yeah, totally. Sort of crazy horse. Neil yeah, Young. yeah, totally. That yeah. yeah. But yeah. I see more T Rex. Uh, that sort of um, yeah. Because I, I rate him as a guitarist too. Oh yeah, Mark Bowler. Yeah, I just really rate his guitar playing, and just that sort of um. Well, he's a great songwriting guitarist too, yeah. or songwriter as guitarist, as guitarist, which you are, you know, singing guitarist, yeah, songwriter, yeah, 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 yeah um, the boys always loved that song too. It's yeah. a bit like, you know, when we talked about so it. So many hits, great bass line. It's a hit. It should be hit. It's only about two minutes long or something. And mm. it's just a throwaway. But I wanted a throwaway, you know, mm. in this album, you know, and right towards the end, before the, the big, you know, the big piece of the resistance. Mm. I just mm. wanted something that was throwaway. And I was like, oh, thank God, you know, they're not so serious. And. Who's Jennifer? I don't know. She's some sort of um, muse again. But she's sort of... Um, I feel really strongly about her, you know? She's... Um, I want to know what's wrong with her. I want to know what's right about her. I just want to... Yeah. It's it's a love song, but it's it's like a frustrating... You have a song. lot of questions for Jennifer. I do. I we've, do. Got, we've got one song to go before we go there. Do you guys want to... And, and we can go back to this, but do you guys want to talk a little bit about John Taylor? Mm. Oh yes, and his. The, man, the most beautiful man with the most amazing nicknames. Yeah, which all don't need to be um, covered on air. But yeah, this ha- album would not have happened without John Taylor. So he is credited as the person who engineered and recorded it and the co-producer yeah. with with you, John. That's right. So yeah, yeah. I just want to know, and I, I mean, I know him. I've met him. I just want to know a little bit about your thoughts about him mm. and what he did to this record what he brought to this record well he started he he said look 
I want to just record a couple of tracks with you guys, um, and it turned into this. Um, yeah, because you were you were originally going to do an EP, basically. We were three or four songs, yeah, five songs maybe. Um, yeah, and it just it just grew and grew, and thanks to Neil too, providing sort of the premises mm. to do it on. John just brought a couple of mics and his computer along, and but also he edited his editing was incredible because mm. mm-hmm. you know we we were there just like being the spines and just you know doing our thing of, of the rhythm in terms of the rhythm tracks Hannah wasn't really involved with those but it was me Melky and Les and John we go up to Dixon Street Neil's premises and we put down like three or four versions of each song and um John and me would choose which version we'd, we'd work with and then we'd build everything up from there mm. and then I would go up um, after that and I'll do all the guitars on there he would edit all those as, as we went you know and, and just you know, he was amazing he, in terms of his input and in terms of his enthusiasm you know and, mm. and the thing about keeping the project rolling mm. and but his, his intellect his skill as his well his intellect his skill yeah. and sound his ear you know, I, I don't have that. Those sort of things. I don't have the ear. I, don't, I mean, have the his ear. His direction and his ideas, eh? Yeah. Just the right and saying, and no, we can't have this. We can't. You know, I'm embarrassed about that. We can't. I'm not going to be involved with that. He was quite staunch in that way. He would say, no, no, we, we're not having this. We're going to do this. Now I know I'm in the context of being a, I guess, a Spines fan, part of the family. Yeah. Um, but what are his, you know? What are his skills like? Well, his background's from Radio New Zealand. He right. was an engineer and a producer for them. He uh-huh. he, he learned. He he he's, he's composed himself. He's, he he went through Jack Body's course in composition. Mm. Mm. So he's got all, all that side of it, and he he loves my songs. And we, so did we're bosom buddies. Did he do that course too? He did. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Composition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also he, he did sound engineering courses as well. Mm. Um, but he's been my my. Bosom buddy, you know, my good friend for, you know, several years, I mean, you know, many years, um, and an enthusiast about the mm, material. Mm. And, you know, the thing... So that's say, that's how I know him, but I, I yeah. knew he obviously had yeah. um, other skills. Superpowers. Yeah, and a yeah. background, but I didn't fully know it, so yeah, I wanted yeah. to get that out there. He's, yeah. um, he's been instrumental this whole yeah. thing. Yeah, uh, He didn't play anything on it. I wanted him to... You know, I want to say, oh, John, you're, he, can, mm. he can play, he can play piano, play guitar, play guitar mm. he can mm. sing. He did a few BVs on, on Jennifer and a couple of songs, just a few oohs and He ahs. also looks like David Bowie. Yeah, he's a huge David Bowie fan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And so he brought David Bowie into this too. You know? he, brought, he brought that <laughs> yes. Mike Garson. Yes. And yeah. sort of, you know, yeah, he did bring a lot of that, you know, that sort of old school thing. And But oh, John was amazing in this. You know, I had to go. Him and I mixed everything, we mm. mastered everything together. Just the two of us edited everything. Oh, but he did a lot of editing on his own. And so I, there's a few things that we recorded like, that I have never heard. Mm. You know, and there's this rustic kind of feel to it yeah, in the school. best possible way, where I think like some of the best records I've ever heard by anyone are the ones where you go either. I could almost be in the room, or I can hear the room, yeah. you know. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's certainly the case with this. Is yeah. uh, like, and I really noticed that when I took it for a drive. And as you both said, you know, like it's a great driving album. Then I, that was when I went, God, I could have, 
I could have been there. Like I could have been in that room, and yeah. obviously I've been at Spines rehearsals. I've played in some Spines rehearsals, so I know that element. Like it, yeah. it has something of that feel. Felt yeah. very no secrets. Yeah. It, it, it all started at that practice room at Julie's place, but you know we we, we didn't do it there in the yeah, end. But yeah. it started there. It started with that know, that quality to it. Mm, mm. And, and up at Dixon Street, you know, we got the rhythm tracks, we got the guitar tracks, we got some of the violin, some of the keyboards, and all the vocals. That's another thing I want to talk about. Simon's like, my vocals are just throw-offs. You know, I pretty much I wanted to do the vocals right at the end. Mm. He said, No, John, we'll, we'll, we'll just. We'll, we'll nail them straight away mm. right after I've done the guitars mm. and it was like well, I, I wanted to and he said no, no and so I just said okay I'll put them down there I thought secretly in the back of my head I thought no I'll do them later after everything else is finished and I probably should have but no he was quite adamant no no mm. we won't do it that way we'll mm. do it we'll get the vocals down then we'll work to the vocals with Hannah and me you know our overdubs and our you know, which I thought was a really good approach. Mm, like the vocals, like cooking. Not my, my, my best singing in the world, but I'm quite happy with the singing. Mm. But I could have sung them better. Mm. You know, but I, I think I'm, he's probably right. You know, I could, probably could have done a big flowery, fancy singing on them, but no, no, we just. It's, it's got a nice representational feel, though. This is yeah. the band, yeah. as the band as is the band now. Is, yeah. Yeah, this is what this band does. It's going to yeah. sound different night to night, yeah. but this is as a blanket. Yeah. You know, and I just want to say about Milky and Les. Mm. Yeah, we haven't Les. really talked they, about that. No, no yeah, they yeah, yeah. nailed this stuff. And, and we had three weekends mm. of, of trying to put these tracks down. Mm. And we maybe did four or five versions of each song. Or maybe, maybe three, but mm. Milky's playing on this. It's To me, it's a bit like Ringo. He plays each song. Do you know what's... Ma- oh, I just want to cut you off. Yeah. Um, when you played, and I didn't make it to the show, when you played at Meow uh, last year sometime, yeah. and Ben Fulton opened, yeah. Ben said to me afterwards, he goes, Melky is a lot like Ringo. He is. He's got this Ringo feel mm. about what he does, where it's just right for each song, and when you think he hasn't played right or whatever... He actually has. Yeah. And so I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So it's no, funny. He, he really ben, did. ben totally crystallized that for yeah. me. I was like, I went, yeah, yeah, that's a great way to describe what Melky does to a song. Like yeah. it's, and he nailed these songs yeah. in terms of, and, you know, all the There's a versions. lot of nice, like um, one of the reasons I wanted to play that um, Ended Tears song on the radio was I love Melky's performance yeah. on that because, me too. because yeah. he, one of the things I worked out recently about Ringo is he actually plays, like I think about a song like um, Let It Be, mm. he plays the drums like a percussionist rather than like a drummer. I think yeah. I think Melky actually does that. Well, that the way that there's this colour yeah. and response. It gives it this flavour. The yeah. whole album's got Melky's and, flavour. And, and it's, again, it's like, a, you know, as Hannah, you've said, with regard to what John does, it's a response, a reaction to your, to your lyrics, to your song. Yeah. It's, it's a colouring he knows the song so yeah, well yeah. and it's like a pleasure to play with that guy because mm. you know there was a time that me, Hannah and him without Les we played at the Cuba mm. Street Carnival and it yeah. was like we could hear all the songs through Milky almost you know it was this weird thing where Milky 
it, even his accents, you know, mm. he's accenting what I'm singing. Mm. He knows the songs mm. that well. Mm. He's so passionate about the songs. Mm. It, it comes through in his drumming. It's not like he's like he's thumping the hell out of the drums, mm. but he's he's, he's, he's tough. yeah, he's a delicate player, Very but delicate he's player. um a delicate player in a good way. Like he stabs at the drums quite delicately, but as I say, like mm. the overall picture is of a colorist, a yeah. person who's yeah like pinpointing moments and you know rather than driving and i guess the drive comes more from les in that sense yeah, yeah. and the guitar and stuff yeah but yeah the yeah, thing yeah. is you hear the whole album it's like he's he's painted that whole album with drums you know yes I mean? yeah yeah absolutely you know, it's like this wonderful painting that milky's done yeah, yeah. and we pulled them out me and john when we produced yeah. we pulled like Sex can be sad at the start of that. We pull the drums right out. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is, like, now we do it live, you know, Milky doesn't play in those parts, mm. you know, because mm. he, he, he's he got this passion about the songs. Mm. And, you know, he's just, he's the heart and soul, you know, and, and the way Les is, the way we all are, you know. Mm. He's, you know, we're, we're a foursome. Mm. And, um, you know, it's developing, growing, um, that, yeah, just wonderful. And Les, okay, here we go. I mean, not the greatest yeah. bass player in the world, but the, probably the best spines bass player. I was just going to say the greatest bass yeah. player for the spines. Exactly, because he doesn't he, like show off. He just plays the song. He just he, and you know, cool. I've I've played with you guys a couple of times, mm. and I really, I mean, I love playing your songs. I love playing with all of you guys, but mm. I, bass players and drummers yeah. develop Special affinities. There's yeah. the, the, and I really love playing. Yeah. with Les like I really get the way he approaches the songs I really get it like he's he he's, underpins he's, stuff so. yes and yeah. he's and he's got it comes from this point of view of being like a kind of almost like a band cheerleader and historian you know like yeah. he has this there's something about he has embraced the whole yeah. history of the, the spines. Encyclopedia of the yes, spines. outside and of he what he everybody else shine, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. rare in a baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, so I rare. really, I really, yeah. I mean, I'm, I've loved playing with you guys, but yeah. I really felt very yeah, connected to Les, like, and yeah. really appreciate what he brings to that band. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. He, his part in that whole thing was amazing. Yeah, and you know, he, he nailed all his parts. And yeah, you know, of every course. time, all those he knows these songs did. inside out, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So we've got one more song to talk about, okay. and it is like the perfect finale. <laughs> like it really feels like the right way for the album to end. Mm. There goes the view. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it's just just even the title feels like I was going to say it's an apocalyptic song, and and it just feels like an album closer, right? Mm. So it's a no-brainer. This was mm. always going to be the song that yep. finished their record. Absolutely. And, it, and it's, it's like, a, you know, all these songs have got pairings, you know, and the pairing with this song is a first song. Mm. Mm. And, you know, they all pair up, and this takes it back to the start almost. Ding, ding. Oh, it does. If yeah, you, yeah. Because it it's all that um, same riff thing, but, it, you know. Car it's in, stereo. Yeah. This one's in G, but it's got the same riff. It's basically the same riff. Mm. But, um... Oh, yeah, I wrote it around the same time. I wrote the um, Daily Basis too. Would have been mid mid nineties. Um, there goes the view. It's based on that that beautiful. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. 
Yeah, it's based on the lyrics, actually. The lyrics are key to it. You know, the, there's a loser on the loose and he's wearing clothes like mine. You know, it's like mm. me. It's about me and about I'm, mm. I'm pretty mortal and I'm going to die pretty soon. You know, I'm getting old, you know, and it's like when I wrote it, I was, you know, it's like, you know, 15 years younger, but by the same token, you know, it's, it's... Yeah, it strikes me as you, like it's the great writer alter ego thing. It's like yeah. you, you seeing yourself as a character Looking at myself. and caricature. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In and of your writing. Yeah. It's and like the guy who's got out of prison finally. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy's out I want to see where this guy goes. Yeah. I, I want to give him enough rope. I want to give him enough rope, but I also want to pull that rope back because yeah. I'm scared about what might happen to the him. The tension's always there, though, mm. with that song. You know, mm. I try and maintain and I'm pretty happy with the guitar solo and that at the yeah, end. Try to release that, you know. But <sighs> there goes the view. It's, yeah, it's, it, you know, it was the thing that there goes the neighbourhood with Joe Walsh. You know, mm. that's where I, I got the line from almost. Mm. It's like there goes. Yeah, I did uh, wonder that. Like, yeah, 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 totally yeah, yeah, did yeah, wonder yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with the lyrics though. Yeah. Um, you know, there goes the last of any subject or any substance or anything I could use or any truth I knew. You know, mm. um, it's the sort of thing where everything's gone, everything's just laid waste to, and everything's just out there. And this is me. Take the album or not. You know, you you can help yourself or you mm. can just discard it. You know, it's it's pretty much. It's wasteland in the same way the first song is, but the wasteland is different now because you've heard all the other songs, you know, in this, terms of the album. This album has made me think about, like, where is the book of John McCleary's lyrics? You've shared quite a, you've <laughs> yeah. shared quite a few of them on the ghost stories, but this yeah, yeah, this album good. really crystallised that, you know, crystallised that for me. It really, I thought, like, I've read, like, books of lyrics and poems by Barry Saunders mm. and, and I, I'm a stick I mean again sorry to bring it up but I'm reading a book of lyrics of Grateful Dead at the moment like I'm a stickler for <laughs> I'm a stickler for lyrics you know I'm obviously the, lyrics, obviously yeah. the Dylan you I know, want my Lou Reed, read well you know Paul Kelly the books yeah, Johnny yeah. Mitchell all do. those things but in this hearing this album listening to this album a lot knowing you guys preparing for this chat mm. one of the things that, that came up for me was man where's the John McCleary book of lyrics you like, called me a poet on National Radio today so that blew me away because I don't see myself as a poet but I do you know because I'm not a poet it's I, for someone else to say I guess it, it and is, so I got is. to say it you know I'm a, you know, so, like, I'm a songwriter but I, I yeah. write my lyrics and I put oh they're, 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 they're one of the key parts of your songs yeah. like and some I, people are great songwriters and you, you don't worry about their lyrics with you mm. the, the key I think to unlocking the door yeah. to who you are and what you're trying to do as a songwriter is your lyrics. Yeah, yeah. I'm not just saying bullshit. I'm saying even on Jennifer, you know, it's not just throwaway lyrics. No. Even though it's a throwaway song in, in a way, it's not. No. I, I make sure everything's succinct and I tr- it's like what I almost what I post on post Facebook. You know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I try and make sure everything's just right and just like. Oh, oh no, original, I know. You, original. You, you, you you post a you'll regularly post a, a clip of a song mm. but you'll highlight the lyric that means something to you yeah. and it either means something to you in and of that moment or it's universal. It's like it, yeah. either it's every time you hear that Everyone song that, yeah. or it's just at that key moment yeah. and people get your your fans and followers yeah. 
and friends get that. That's you know? what I'm about. That's, that's what I'm about. I'm about that sort of mm. succinct, hitting the moment with the right mm. word and the mm. right, yeah, the right yeah. sort of follow-up and the right sort of, I don't know, depth of knowledge of, you know, you know, behind everything I do is, is all the things I've read and all the things I've heard. It's not like it just comes out of, out of the blue. It's like, and I'm influenced by everybody, you know? Yeah. You um, have recorded several albums, Hannah, with all sorts of groups or played on songs. Uh, as you said, like Judy Lamb's, you know, recording of a John McCleary song. What does it mean to you to be across the Spines album? To, well, to be it, a member of the band that's put this out into the world? It's phenomenally exciting for me to be a part of um, the artistry that is the Spines with the band and with Don and all his amazing realms of being a an artist and a writer and a poet and a singer and a guitarist and a songwriter. It's important to me that all of this is original and that everything that um, the band can add is original, but also mercurial. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. We, we could almost end there, but I feel like there's more to. <laughs> there's one more thing we've got to add: the love. There is a love, you know. And there is in the, the love. Spines, there is this huge love. There's a lot of love. Mm. Ever oh, totally. It's, it's like love. a religion. It's, it's, it's we do like, actually practice yeah. every Sunday. But it's not like sex can be said. It's like this weird, actual, real love about. I don't know, it all comes down to my songs. It's not about me. No one loves me. Just, <laughs> they, love this, they love the songs I write, you know, when I'm in that good zone where I'm not just this human weird down here, but in the weird zone I write these songs. We actually get that, all of us, you know. We Can all love say, it. Just, we all love it. We're all into it. Cheers to us. Yeah. I'm loose.
It's me and I 